Iowa everywhere. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This is Iowa Everywhere. And now, it's time for Two Guys Named Chris. Powered by Fairway Meat and Grocery. This is Iowa Everywhere. For the fans. What's going on? It is November 3rd. You are watching or listening to Two Guys Named Chris. My name is Chris Williams, joined as always by Chris Hassel. As always, we are presented by our friends at Fairway Meat and Grocery. They need to let us sing the jingle. Is there a jingle? No, but we need to create. Oh, we can create. Yeah, I can definitely create a jingle. That's what you do. Like, that's that's your thing. It's what made you famous. The among other things, it's it's one of my things. It's yeah, but it's a big thing. Welcome to the program. A lot to get to. It is Charlie Jones week. Jesus Christ. Charlie Jones week in Iowa City. It's it's simply get off the Schneid week in in Ames. Right? Can we just yeah. get a win? Like so, you know, we got basketball starting on Monday. Real basketball, like actual games. Real Not games. Exhibition. No, real games start Jeez. on Monday. Man, oh man, it is the season, baby. It is. Um, well, let's just get after it. Uh, thanks to our friends at Fairway for sponsoring the program. How many layers you got on there, Chris? I see. I see three layers just right off the top. So I got the undershirt, the polo, and then the it, the throwover. Is it cold there? No, but it's so that's actually kind of where I wanted to start because I think the weather's going to be a big impact in Iowa City or not in Iowa City, but in 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 West Lafayette, because I've been trying to figure out all week, like why in the hell Purdue's only a three and a half, four point favorite over Iowa. Mm -hmm. And yeah, man, like it, it looks like there could be 20, 25 mile per hour type of winds. During that which game. would which you would think would benefit the Hawkeyes. I I would think so, wouldn't you? You might blow some of those errant Spencer Petras passes into the hands of receivers. <laughs> That's not exactly where my mind was going. You might blow some of those Iowa offensive linemen in the tracks of the Purdue defensive linemen, so that they can pick up some blocks. Um, I, I will say this though. It, most games that I've gone into either calling it or watching it as a fan where I think weather is going to be a big factor, it, it rarely ever plays nearly as big of a factor in the actual game as we think it does leading into the game. Now, there's always there, there's always special circumstances that, um, that do that Drake you know, game. affect the game a little bit. That Drake-Iowa State game, absolutely. But that was like... Ugh. That that was like snow slash rain slash frozen field, um, I, you know it, the wind. Sure, it, it can be a factor, but these quarterbacks, especially Aiden O'Connell for for Purdue, he. he I, I don't know that it's really going to affect his passes that much. And when you think of the way that Purdue stretches Iowa. I mean, it's not like they're bombing the Hawkeyes. I feel like they were dinking and dunking their way down the field, and and then they break a big one. I don't know that they're going to be throwing it fifty yards down the field very often, but it, it it is certainly a talking point going into this. If if the wind is going to be thirty miles per hour, you would think that would benefit the Hawkeyes. At the same time, though, is Iowa going to be able to run the ball? Yeah, that's the question. I mean, and they haven't really shown that, that. That's where I'm at on this game. We get into the Charlie and who's Jones the wind thing. going to affect more? You know, who, who's it going to mentally affect more? Spencer Petrus or Aiden O'Connell? We know that Spencer Petrus is affected mentally 
more than most quarterbacks, whether it's a collapsing pocket or wind. I, I think that Aiden O'Connell might be able to deal with it a little bit better than Petrus. Purdue has won four of five against Iowa. Why, Chris? What do, you, what do you think the biggest thing is? It's Brom. He's got that. He, he's got that it factor when it comes to facing Kirk Ferentz. And some of these te- some of these Purdue teams were bad that beat Iowa. Um, and real shockers. And last year was was right up there with the biggest shockers of all because Iowa was number two in the country when they played Purdue at the time. And they came in. They didn't just win. They dominated twenty four to seven. I think Brom has the ability to see things and take advantage of things that maybe some other coaches don't when it comes to to Kirk Ferentz. And he's able to attack the defense and do enough against Iowa's offense to get these victories. So that that right there, I think, is worth seven points. Yeah. I just, Not to mention, Purdue is one of the best teams in the Big Ten West, maybe the best team outside of Illinois. I just want to know what I'm missing. In the line, right? Yeah, like because this to me is like Thursdays, I do the show with you. And then later on, I do my picks of the week with Mike Palm from Circa. And like, it's kind of my final, like, make my decision day. And like, mm-hmm. everything I've seen would lead me to believe to take Purdue in my picks this week. But then, like, I perhaps I'm overthinking the weather. Um, I just, I think that it's really dangerous to overreact to Iowa's win against Northwestern. I was There's listening. No question. I was listening to, um, KXNO and I was picking up my daughters yesterday and Kennington Smith from who does a good job with the register made a really good point like what Iowa did against Northwestern is like average it's what everybody's done against Mm -hmm. Northwestern this year so like to me now you've got Kirk Ferentz kryptonite road game Purdue coming off of a bye like it just seems like something's off here but these are also the most dangerous games to get heavily invested in with your sports betting usually if you don't understand it it's usually a reason stay away from it very true uh, but this is also a game going into the season where I think most Iowa fans or at least most thoughtful Iowa fans had this as a loss yeah and that's regardless of how this season has gone and how bad this team has looked at times and to look up and the line is basically just a field goal, it, it is surprising. And right now, if it stays this way, I don't know how you don't take Purdue in this instance, especially if they're coming off a bye. Yeah. That gives Brom even more time to scheme against this defense. I don't think, too, that Aiden O'Connell's gotten enough love this year. He's so good. I mean, it's really you. You just watch it—a guy who, man, like what is it's his fifth year, right? But it's it's a guy who knows that offense. He knows exactly where everybody's going to be. He's like the commander out there, great leader. He's a really—it's uh, it, a little bit like what we're watching with Max Duggan down at TCU. Minus the, you know, they're not playing for a spot in the mm-hmm. college football playoff. The Boilers aren't, but just the specific when you look at Aiden O'Connell. That's kind of what it reminds me of. And since he's come back from that injury, that Maryland game on, he's been right up there passing-wise efficiency with anybody in the country. And really, he's done enough to get this team to a point where they should really only have one loss, and that was their last game to Wisconsin. I I think that they did enough against Penn State and they did enough against Syracuse to win those games. It was their defense that totally let them down at the end of both of those games and they let those slip away. I, I, I don't, that's clearly not his fault. And I think they could be in a much better situation in the Big Ten and in the rankings if the defense just makes a, a couple of plays to close out that game. But do you remember the way Purdue went into this game last year? They played three different quarterbacks. Remember that? I do remember that. Now that you bring it now, up, O'Connell I had O'Connell was the one that, that yeah. threw most of the passes, and they used the other guys as more runners. You wonder 
even though O'Connell's been so great, that's got to be in the back of your mind if you're Phil Parker and if you're Kirk Ferentz. Are they going to think outside the box again with that that week off coming in? It worked so well against the Hawkeyes last season in that 24-7 win. Are they going to do something like that again? All right. We got to talk about your guy, your boy. I was trying to avoid this. Charlie Jones. I, I, I don't know. It wasn't even that big of a deal because I, I felt like we'd gotten most of this chatter out of the way leading up to now. Uh, Kirk Ferentz, not surprised at all about Charlie Jones' production at Purdue. Almost goes to say that he thinks, man, it could have happened here at Iowa too. Now, he didn't, he didn't say that, but you could read into it a little bit. Matt, Matt Van Winkle, it's good to have Matt back. He's got uh, what Kirk Ferentz had to say about Charlie Jones. Were you surprised when one of your receivers, especially when Charlie left as late as he did, and uh, what's been the impact that he's had with Purdue since he's left here? Well, he obviously, just look at the stats, he's playing well. He's a good football player, so that doesn't surprise us at all. <laughs> the, and and there's, there's more um, context that went into it, or basically Ferentz went on to say hassle, like, yeah, I mean, he's much better now than he was in April. Of of last year when when he left, what do, what do you think about all this? This is coach speak, right? This is just trying to. There's no way Charlie Jones, like um, in, in that body type, at that position, just is a completely different player than he was a year ago. <laughs> it's it's very true. Um, it, it's I feel like we're in these positions with Ferentz almost each and every week, whether it's Kirk or Brian, where it's just. It's a no-win situation for them, so no, no matter way. what they say, yep. it's going to be picked apart by two idiots like us. Maybe um, that should be the new name of the show. Yeah, two idiots named Chris. Now I have gotten some. Yeah, there's been some you know, some Twitter feedback I've gotten. It should be called two douchebags named Chris. Which that's fair. Not above that. Um, look. Ferris doesn't have much to say here that's going to make anybody happy. But to say that he's not surprised at all, (laughs) not surprised at all that this is maybe the top receiver in the country. Going into their bye week, he was leading the country in several categories, receptions, receiving yards, uh, contested catches. He's doing it all. He's making the tough catches. He's running after the catch. He's scoring touchdowns. And I think in Kirk Ferentz's mind, he's like, well, it's this special, you know, voodoo air raid spread offense that, uh, you know, if we ran that, he'd probably have the same amount of yardage. But would we have the same number of wins? I think that um, Kirk Ferentz also made it clear if you listen to, and I listened to the whole press conference, I think he was asked at least eight or nine different questions about Charlie Jones. He kept saying that Charlie Jones was significantly better after spring ball than he was going into spring ball when he was uh, number two on the depth chart. And I see that furrowed brow. Again, to your point, like, how is Charlie Jones that much better in one month of spring ball compared yeah. to what he has been? This isn't like a defensive tackle who needed like the three years to fully develop to play in the Big Ten, right? <laughs> or a guy who's totally changed his body, yeah, no. you know? Or just he grew a foot. <laughs> or he grew a third hand. It, this is This is who he could have been. At Iowa, had the I'm sure he's he's better now than he ever has been, because that's usually how it works in college. the The more you get to the junior and senior upperclassman level, the better you are. Hopefully, unless you're an Iowa quarterback, usually. I I'm really interested to see how things go on Saturday. Because you know Iowa is going to do everything they can to shut him down. No doubt. they know how important this is. Not only to the game, but to... to I, I think to the fan base. I think they know that. 
and they don't want to they do not want to look bad especially on the defensive side of the ball um i i'm i'm really interested in it i think it's a this is fun though like this will be like when tyrese hunter comes back to hilton coliseum this year i mean it's cool to have these storylines I'm down but with I it. But I think for the fans, though, it sucks. I, ca- for the I, ca- fans. I can't imagine that the fans are going to have any vitriol toward Charlie Jones. I'm sure there's a handful. You know, maybe five percent of the people in the stands the might have some vitriol. But now they're like, he's second in the country in receiving. How could like, you? How could yeah. you possibly have any disdain for this guy leaving? the worst offense in the country for one of the best. Just pulled it up on Circa. The line right now is four and a half. So everybody hammered Iowa when that thing opened. What's and the now total? The, money, the total is 41, it which tells – It does seem low, but that's if the wind is involved, right? Like I, I think mm-hmm. that that's where that's at. I, I think that's why. You're looking at like a 90% chance of rain with 20 mile per hour wind. Oof. That's John Miller and I, if you guys are interested in this aspect, we talked about this for 10 minutes yesterday and we discussed it because neither one of us understood it either. And that's what we yeah. come up with. So uh, Circus Sports Iowa, check them out. Download the Circus Sports Iowa app for your sports betting this weekend. I'm telling you, you're going to get better lines. I don't know how many more times I can say it to you guys. You're going to get better lines. We are, it is official. We're going to be out at Circa for the Iowa-Iowa State men's and women's basketball games this year. We're going to be doing two guys named Chris from the biggest sports book in the world. So looking forward to that. Fired up. Yes. I'm going to do, I think, a bowl special with Mike Palm as well. And Ken Miller, we're going to do a gambling, like uh, picking the spreads type thing for the bull games. So it'll be fun. We'll, we'll get out there Wednesday of the Cyhawk women's game, men's game on Thursday. Looking forward to a little uh, retreat, a little company retreat <laughs> to Circa. Iowa Everywhere retreat. Now, I see that this is the, uh, this week, this is the, um, this is the yearly uh, ESPNW Summit. Where all of the uh, the ESPN uh, highly ranked females go to this this retreat, this summit. So I'm hoping that what you can provide and what Circa can provide us when we go out there is like what they're providing the ESPN female talent well, at these summits. We're it's working in like on a mountain. John told me that we're resort. working on getting the Circa bikini girls. Oh. To be like in the pool holding up an Iowa Everywhere flag. Nice. Okay. So I, I don't that's know. a start. I love it. Looking forward to getting out there. Um. Yeah, we'll we'll come back to the Iowa game. Let's circle back. Let's get to Iowa State here. The Cyclones are zero and five in the Big Twelve. It's pretty simple, Chris. Pretty simple. You just got to win. Yeah, I'm. That's where and I'm at. This, win. Like this is a must-win type of get-right game for win. the offense. Like you have to. You just this is a pull-out all stops. Whatever you have, figure it the f out type of game for Tom Manning and this offense. Mm-hmm. It, here's the deal. Like they're not is they're obviously underperforming compared to where we thought that they would. Like there's no no doubt about that. Not putting lipstick on a pig, anything. I still don't think they're as bad as like their record would indicate, and that's what's really frustrating about this year. And that's why you figure it out this weekend. Do whatever the hell you have to do. It should have been last week. Last week was a massive letdown for this offense. You have West Virginia coming in, equally bad on defense. You saw but West ex- Virginia is not Oklahoma. No, they don't have the players. Yeah, you don't have the coaching. You don't have the players. Figure it the F out. That's what type of week this is for the Iowa State offense. Boy, last week, Tom Manning gets outscored by Brian Ferentz. Mm. I mean, my little handshake emoji, Tom Manning, Brian Ferentz. I mean, we're talking Oklahoma Northwestern, but point taken. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) like, 
I won't re- I won't read it out loud, but the text I sent you in the first quarter of the Northwestern game, those athletes compared to the mm. Oklahoma. Yeah. But your point is taken. Like you got it. We are having similar conversations every week here with both is, these teams. Is Matt Campbell a machine? Because I listened to his entire press conference on Tuesday, and he does not sound any different than he does any other week. He wouldn't sound any different if they were five and zero. And it it it. Part of me is admires that, and part of me wonders if he's like a real human being. He is, and I've seen that side of him a lot. But in front of the cameras and stuff, no, he is a machine. He is a robot. <laughs> if you even like, if you get him on the side at these things, he's mm-hmm. a totally different human. When you get him, I think it's you, Campbell's, or, or I, th- I think it's you, video guys. I think once you know, he sees he, the did camera, he scared of the cameras. No, I just I don't know if he doesn't trust you guys. <laughs> um, well, let's hear. Well, Matt's got some video of Matt Campbell, the robot, talking press conference here for us. I think this team's still got a ton to play for. Um, you know, obviously for us, you know, the most meaningful games is the opportunity to, man, become the best. You know, I think what you've seen this team play week in and week out, um, there is continued growth. They haven't let you down in terms of attitude and effort and really their continued strain to grow. And I think they know how close they are to, man, really flipping this thing around. And, you know, as long as there's games on the schedule and there's still time left to, to really chase what it's got the ability to become, I, I think there's a, uh, man, there's a great sense of urgency right now around our offices and, and certainly in our meeting rooms, which is exciting to me as the head football coach. So, I, I hear this, that, and I, I, how many times is he going to be able to fit man just in the, the middle of a sentence? Or the man. reality is. Yeah. Man. Um, this is why like people are like, oh, you're being a homer last year. No, I wasn't. I'm just around him a lot. When, when he was doing that whole deal about oh, geez. the whole how? like – all the goals well, our goal wasn't to win him. the Big 12 or whatever it was. You remember that whole yeah, drama? It, yes, of course. He said the, our goal is at the end of the season to be the best <laughs> be the, version yeah. of ourselves. Yeah. And, and he like, got killed for that now. Yeah, and probably rightfully so. But, but what I was saying is like, hey, you can kill him for – like, but this is the way the guy talks. Like, it doesn't change. And I think he's he's kind of proving that right here. But he did I, I have a weak you, moment. He did have yeah, a weak okay. moment at Go the ahead. end of the Oklahoma game. Where I thought it was, it, it was as good as Matt's been in a press conference. Um, as far as being real, as far as what I've seen, he was just. I think the quote. I'm paraphrasing, obviously, but he's like, "I'm not naive. Obviously, we have to get better." And he listed off all these things, and it was very real, very raw. But when he goes into these Tuesday things, I mean, it's it's hand, it's all hands in the air. He knows what he's doing. Like he's not dumb. He's doing it on purpose. But yeah, there is a human side of him. It's just unfortunately we don't get to see it very often. What did you think of him saying that he sees continuous growth from this football team each and every week? I don't see it. Um, I continuous growth to me was the Texas game. That was growth. Mm-hmm. Even in a loss, I think every one of us could look at that and say that team got better from that week, from one week to the next. That team improved. The team did not improve from the bye week or from the Texas game with a bye week to Oklahoma. Now, defensively, and you know this conversation, throw it out the window. They've been elite. I don't know what the defense can do more. Like they, mm-hmm. they're playing when they're playing enough for Iowa State to be undefeated. The defense is playing well enough. Not uh, sure if you saw the uh, the tweet that I made yesterday, but um, I saw a it was a graphic somebody made of the top 10 defenses in the country as far as points allowed per game. And a couple of things stood out to me. One, Iowa and Iowa State are both in the top 10. And two, all those other teams are having good seasons. They all had winning records. All, all eight except of the other ours. teams in that top 10, except Iowa and Iowa State. 
Iowa 500 overall, Iowa State below 500, and it's really throughout the overall record. It's really about your conference record, and Iowa State's 0 and 5. Compare them to those other teams. It's it's like we've been talking about in Iowa City this season. You're mm-hmm. wasting an elite defense. Bad teams don't have defenses like this or one side of the ball that's like this. You you can have one side drag you down a little bit, but not to 0 and 5. Yeah, it's especially when you have this, maybe this, the best wide receiver in the conference. This might be the best John Haycock defense we've seen too. That's what's crazy. I mean, all the numbers would lead you in that direction. Now, I could sit there and make an argument for some of the other groups, but the numbers would lead you to believe that this group specifically right now might be the best defense in the Matt Campbell era, which is a program that's hung its hat on defense. But think about it. Offense is the worst it's been in the Matt Campbell era. No doubt. And Well, other than the first year, we throw that out. We throw the first year out. Special teams is... Actually, I'd probably take that offense now that I think about it. Yeah, that first offense. You know, yeah. like it, 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 Dave Montgomery's coming around at the end of the year. 2016 offense, yeah. They came uh, around at the end of the year, and we'll see. But, like, as far as the continued growth thing, that's Campbell coach speak. He's talking about, well, our guys are still showing up to practice and working hard. And our guys are getting – uh, good grades in the classroom. It's not stuff that we can see <laughs> or care about, <laughs> right? So, like when he when he says, like I don't really see this growth. You're zero and five. You're staring down the barrel of of zero and six. And um, no, but he, it's just Matt. And it's it's here's the thing about it. When you're winning, it's like whatever. When he, they've never been in this spot like this. The first mm-hmm. year's a pass. The second year, you know, you beat Oklahoma um, and it turns into this magical type season where Iowa State is having this coming out party in the Big 12. And then you're on, right? You cruise to the Fiesta Bowl. You last year kind of was what it was. It was disappointing, but you're still winning. You're still seven and five for Iowa State fans. They can handle that. This is the first time he's been in this situation at Iowa State, and I mean, there's been valleys before, but not like this, not 0-5, and, and this doesn't play well when you're 0-5, mm-hmm. where I think that he's been able to get away with the, the coach speak type stuff. It's what I always tell coaches, too, when it comes to the media and working with your fan base, is you don't need that stuff when you're winning the Fiesta Bowl. You don't need it, you know, when Kirk Ferentz is cruising. But you're buying insurance, you know, that likability, the humanization, all that stuff. You're buying insurance for when times are down. And, and Matt isn't in the point where his job's on the line or anything like that. That's not what I'm talking about. But, again, this type of stuff is a lot more difficult for a fan to sit there and watch when it's going to be 40 degrees raining sideways on Saturday in Ames. And these people are... I just see it. Like, we got a ticket exchange thing on Cyclone Fanatic. They're freaking buying parking passes for $150. Like, these people are still going to be out there. It won't be completely full, but there'll be damn near 60,000 people at Jack Trice Stadium. It, it plays when you win. It does not when you lose. And you're seeing it with Kirk Ferentz as well. They're very similar. I come back to, like, these guys are very, very, very Similar. Matt's just much younger in a different state with his program. And the teams this season, very similar. Mm-hmm. As Van Winkle puts up the graphic, Iowa fifth in the country, giving up 15.8 points per game. Iowa State seventh in the country, giving up 16.6 a game. Both teams having a tough time scoring. And right now, both teams uh, have an uphill battle to make a bowl game. I will say this, too. I do think... As far as the offense goes, let, let's just say, like, I don't think Matt will in any scenario make a move in the middle of the season. I just don't. But if this thing doesn't turn around, he'll make some sort of a big move, I think, in the offseason. Like, I don't I don't think this is a very, like, Matt has not shown to be a stubborn man when it comes to that. In fact, he usually makes moves before you kind of see it. 
I would think it, let's say they finish um, four and eight. So give them one more, maybe even five and seven. I don't know. I would guess there'd be quite a bit of reshuffling on the offensive side of the ball. That's just my projection. Potentially with the coordinator, or below I think that? it's very possible. Yeah, wow, I really do. I'm not saying I, I. I'm just saying like if it ends really now, that first year you you got at the end of it right, David Montgomery. You're starting to see all these young guys, mm-hmm. and you're like, oh, okay, this thing's coming around. And then it led to 2017, which was a huge surprise and one of the maybe my favorite year in Iowa State history, just with all the the Oklahoma win, the TCU win, a lot of great things. If it, if you're because they are relatively young, right? Like they've got guys who have played, but they're still a pretty young team on offense. If if they start to come around, then I could see him standing pat. If this thing doesn't get better, I don't think he will just sit on his hands in the off season. Better hire a damn special teams coordinator too. Well, while they you're got at that it, Matt, guy, you know, Matt. The, while the you're guy at from it, the Rams, while you're shuffling things around offensively, save a spot for a full-time special teams coordinator. God damn it! They should just go through and find like some old NFL guys, you know, and just have like four analysts. Save a little money. That. That does not always work. I, Arizona State did something very similar where they just had all these like former greats. Herm Edwards had all these former greats as analysts. And what happened to him? He gets fired. They're done. And he's back at ESPN. Brian Harson got fired. I was I was surprised it took so long. I was doing some reading. Auburn, when you factor in assistant coaching salaries. Mm-hmm. They're going to be paying like fifty million dollars to people not working in the next year, from the Malzahn era and now the Harson era. Fifty million dollars. Those Think about how many will happily pay it. I know, They'll happily pay it if it means that they get the guy out and they get a new guy in. That they they're going to go after Lane Kiffin. Is that their guy? I think so. I wanted wow. him to go to Nebraska really bad. I wanted to see him rankle you guys. Just jeez, that would be hell. <laughs> I think he'd turn them around quick. Um, Lane Kiffin with all that nil money that Nebraska's right. got sitting and around. So, and Lane Kiffin is not happy with as as good as things are going at Ole Miss. He's got them sitting there with his one loss this season. He's not happy with the lack of nil money that the school has raised that they have available to them. He hasn't been happy with the fan support in some games this season. So, yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Auburn has a ton of NIL money. And and then he could go there and, you know, kind of try to be the Thorn and Saban side. That would be fun. That would be fun. I When we talk like this, though, I'm sorry, I have to get on my soapbox. I get... I just get so annoyed for the sake of the fan that like it used to be like, oh, well, they've got all these boosters for facilities. And now it's like, well, the fans have to pay the players, too. It's like it's all so much bullshit. It is. You're right. Well, and your boy Bloom's out there asking all your fans for handouts every single day. Can I have some money to pay the Hunter Deckers? For his big deck energy t-shirts. Is that is that what he sounds like? <laughs> oh God. You don't have anything to say. <laughs> that was just that was very unexpected. <laughs> Bloom. Uh, here's the uh I, I could go on like a our rant. Let's just move on. Talk about my guy, uh, Brett Yormark. Gonzaga. Zags. Yeah, what do you coming... think about that? Well, I mean, okay. So the report is uh, Pete Thamel. I have a lot of thoughts on this. One, Pete Thamel doesn't put out this report unless it's pretty far down the road. Right. And it was leaked for a reason. These things, especially with realignment, like it doesn't just... You don't just stumble across this news. Somebody wanted this out there. Mm-hmm. Why did they want it out there? Think through it logically like that. Um, it's kind of like whatever to me. 
the the Big Twelve fan in me is happy that the Big Twelve is clearly making news now and not just reacting to everything. Like that's how it's been forever, and you've got this hyper aggressive guy, and it's great. The college sports fan in me, it's like, I mean, come on, Gonzaga going to the Big Twelve, like that's stupid. Like this is really really dumb. Like they're gonna have their volleyball team playing West Virginia, right? Like the, the, and they don't this, have a football team. No, but that's the whole point. Like from what I, the people I've talked to about this in the background is your mark, and I interviewed him on Saturday, and we talked about the value of basketball going forward. This is a big part of our conversation, and because my point, Chris, is I've been saying this forever, and people always tell me I'm dumb. I still think I'm going to be right. I will dig in here. In ten years, when Amazon and Apple and you know this Paramount app. And you're not plus app. Okay, excuse me. I watched that Tim McGraw show. Yeah, eighteen eighty three. Phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Except for that girl is great. When that girl got shot with the arrow, wasn't ready for that. But yeah. anyways, yeah, that was, that was tough. Um, basketball is going to have more value with these deals going forward, and it may not be in its place right now, but I, I So you're, truly, saying ba- you're saying basketball is going to make up ground on football? I, I, it's never going to be football, is not my point. But I think that there's revenue to be made in the sport of basketball, more so in 10 years than what you're seeing right now. And I always use this as an example. When ESPN decided it was going to start putting some conference games on its app only, mm-hmm. there's a reason why they picked Iowa State versus Kansas every year. It's because us idiots, Iowa State fans and Kansas fans, will pay for anything. There's a reason why back in the day, before these giant football packages existed, Oklahoma and Nebraska were always on one game a year on pay-per-view. Why? Because those idiots will pay for anything. And my point is, with basketball going forward, the more app-based we get, they'll people will pay maybe not $50 to watch a Gonzaga game, but they'll pay... Eleven ninety nine a month if it means you get all the Iowa State non-conference men's basketball games and women's basketball games, right? Like, we're going to a more of a subscription type of product where content is going to be at a premium. And I think what your mark is doing here, he's looking, okay, well, what do I have? I just got my TV deal. How can I accentuate what I have? And I have the best conference in America in basketball. Let's double down, bitches. Hmm. I think that's what he's doing here. And if you can get the Zags for, like, you don't have to pay them $50 million a year. Like, the revenue is going to be different. And oh, you yeah, go out. Because they're not, they're not part of the football pot. Correct. And you're going to go out there now. And because it, it's not going to just be Gonzaga, there has to be another non football school to join them. There's a lot of options. Would Villanova consider it? Now, I'm throwing out the biggest name in the Big East that I can think of. But look at this powerhouse basketball conference that you could have. I think you could do some serious poaching, and I think that's where your mark's head is. I don't like it. I like the little conferences. I've talked about this. I don't like mega conferences. I like my round robin in the Big 12, but I also realize those days are over. I I don't like it at all from a fan perspective, from a viewer perspective. And I don't like it as an Iowa State fan because how tough is this conference going to be in basketball? No kidding. It's already insane when you talk about adding Cincinnati and, and Houston and BYU and, and UCF is is up and coming. They've been a tournament team recently. They have a, a great um, recruiting area down here, even for basketball. They had Taco Fall there a few years ago, and they almost beat Duke in the tournament. It's it's going to be – you talk about meat grinders. It's I mean, brutal. If you add Gonzaga to that, I mean, there's a lot of years where Texas and Oklahoma, you're if you're not sweeping them, you're at least chalking one of those up as a victory Whether they when they come to Ames. You're losing those teams for even better – Programs and you add the the top program in the country the last few years in Gonzaga. I mean, uh, that's just a lot. That's that's uh, I don't know. I, I don't. I would not like that as a fan. I'm to 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 have to be in a conference that's that damn good. It's too much. 
Yeah, but you're you're a Big Ten West guy, so. <laughs> Come on. No, no. There needs to be a happy medium. There needs to be. I, I, I don't like the be. Big Ten West. It needs to be like it used to be. Like we don't need divisions. Yes. Yes. Like let's have a bunch of ten team leagues, and that are all geographical, so you actually care about the teams that you're. This is not difficult. We've completely screwed this up as an industry. My whole point is from a Big Twelve fan. You're right on the Iowa State standpoint because you're looking at all of a sudden what you're trying to compete with there year in. That gets really difficult. Um, From a Big 12 standpoint, I've sat here for 20 years and covered this damn league, and I don't think I've seen them do anything proactive in that entire time. I don't think one time they've done anything proactive. So, yeah, I'm a little bit like, go get them. Go get them, Brett. It's kind of cool. For at one point, not granted, it's it's basketball only. I get it, but I also think that leaning into your strength isn't always a bad thing either. They need to I, be the coolest league possible. That's the Big 12's brand needs to, and I, I think in football they're going to be damn fun going forward if they can maximize this basketball thing. There's another theory, is that by leaking this. You are putting pressure on the Arizona schools in Utah and Colorado or whatever. Be like, hey, get on this train or else we're moving on. That's sure. a theory out there as well that deserves to be mentioned. Where is the Big 12 right now in the pecking order after the Big 10 and SEC? I think, they're number, I think that they're number three going forward. But I think, I think that an argument can be made that the ACC is three still. I, no, I would too. For for right now, I'm just saying. Like, are you talking like competitively or money? Because money, the Big uh, just Twelve, will... sexiness. Um, Actually, I, I think you still have the you still have Miami and Florida State and Clemson in the ACC. It's been a good year for the ACC. Don't you feel like they've had a little bit of a comeback? Yeah, they've. They, I feel like the last couple of weeks they've dropped off a little bit, but North Carolina continues to rise. They've still only lost one time, and that's obviously. I mean, when you're talking brands, geez, North Carolina, it's more for basketball. But I, I think you can make the argument that the Big Twelve is 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 the best of the rest after the SEC and Big Ten, but I think the ACC might still be right there, if not maybe a step above in sexiness. I'm talking once Texas and Oklahoma are gone. I think the ACC might still be three. Then it's the Big 12. I don't think there's any doubt that the Pac-12 is last among the Power Five. I would agree. No, that's that's totally fair. The one thing the Big 12, I think, has on the ACC is if you watch the games, look in the stands, right? Like you, Sure. You don't get those completely empty stadiums. Like, I mean... Well, you got places that just don't really... Like, like the yeah. Dukes... And, you know, Georgia Tech's terrible. Now, there's some places in the ACC that are crazy for football, like South Carolina, even in a bad season. They'll show up. They're SEC, but you're talking about... I'm sorry, Clemson. Yeah, yeah, Clemson, Clemson is yeah. They're crazy for for football. They always have been. And Florida, now Miami, it's tough because you're off campus. But I, I, I just, I think that the Big 12 is in position where they could be that top conference. They just need to be different. the SEC and Big Ten. Be different and fun. And now that you have your money, it's it's really like you can get creative and you can go out and do some things. That's how I look at it. The, they got their mm-hmm. TV deal, so now your mark is kicking the tires on a bunch of stuff. But again, I, I will stand by it. That doesn't get leaked that way, and there's a reason it got leaked. And I don't know what it is. There's people smarter than me who can figure that out, but... Realignment TV's, stuff does not get leaked unless there's a reason for it. TB left a message on um, YouTube watching us live. Isn't it more likely that Gonzaga leaked this story than the Big 12? If you want to start a bidding war for yourself, isn't this what you would do? I would say, with all due respect to TB, probably not. Because if they start leaking stuff, then like the Big 12 doesn't have to have Gonzaga. Like, it's already got its TV deal. Like, this would be, like, if you want to piss off a bunch of presidents, you start leaking stuff to the media. I guess I'll put it that way. Mm-hmm. Like, Gonzaga doesn't, I doubt, wants to go to the Big East. The Pac-12 would be its other option, but we don't know if the Pac-12 is going to exist in five years. So, 
I, don't, I think that that's unlikely. It's not out of the realm of possibility. Shout out to our friends at Fairway Meat and Grocery for sponsoring two guys named Chris. I'll be heading up to the uh, meat market in Ames coming up on, uh, well, that'll be tomorrow. Oh, look at this. Is that a retro commercial? Yeah, that's old school Fairway. That looks like from about 20 years ago. You were asking about a, a theme song for Fairway. You remember this one? This is yeah, a- yeah. That's Fairway. Look we at that guy. got the meat. Did you see that lady go up to the meat counter and that guy just held up the biggest piece of meat that he could find? Oh, you want this meat? Hey, lady, take a look at this meat. Look at that piece. Hey, there, look at that marbling. <laughs> well done. And then you got the little kid that's using bananas as a phone. Wow, yeah, they did away with that song, huh? I think we could bring it back. Your family. At Fairway, we've got the meat. (laughs) Giant chunks of meat. You were just handing out ribs to the trick-or-treaters, weren't you? Yeah. And then I'd just slice the fat and put it into their little buckets. Uh, kids, you got a little fat with your rib, eh? Here you go. There you go. Massive uh, matchups before we get into our top three. Tennessee at Georgia, Alabama at LSU. I know, I, contrary to what you probably believe, I watch you on HQ quite a bit during the day. And, I mean, these are hot matchups, especially for you guys at CBS with the... Mm. SEC contract. Wow, what a what a here's the interesting thing about this week. You've got these uber sexy SEC games and then the mm-hmm. rest of the schedule's not great I know. this week in college football. I know. And it's it's weird because Alabama LSU, which is a top ten game, is being overshadowed completely by Tennessee, Georgia. But I'm glad that those games are staggered. They're not yeah, at the same yeah, yeah. time. Now, my game that I'm calling, you talk about big games. I got a big one coming. I got UTSA. Roadrunners. UAB. It's going to be a really good game, but it's at the exact same time as Tennessee, Georgia. Yeah, that sucks. Well, it's the same time as Iowa State, West Virginia, too. So I'm to in a the... lesser extent, Iowa State, West Virginia, yes. Although I think I think I'm just I think I'm just gonna sit in the stands. With my buddy Wags. Wags? Yeah, my buddy Wags. Do you know Wags? I don't think so. I don't think you ever met. He's going to sit in the stands in the rain? Yeah. Do a little tailgating. I mean, I don't. They're 0 5. I don't. What does me being in the press box do at this point? Keeps you dry. Um, Playoff hunt games. That I just keep waiting for TCU to fall, and they don't. Yeah, we're all kind of wet because we all think it's going to happen at some point. So I just I didn't put this on my top three, but I'm I'm still in. Inter- I, I just still believe Chris that these Big Twelve teams aren't that different. Mm-hmm. Like if Iowa State's the worst team in the Big Twelve, they still have the best defense in the Big Twelve, right? So they like crazy things can happen when you as you've seen over the years. Um, uh, yeah, I, I think, t- I, who knows? Maybe it's this week. Maybe Texas Tech goes in there, and the, the line's only nine and a half, right? Yeah, it just, I'm going to keep an eye on that one. And then um, the Clemson, now this is on both of our top threes. I don't want to give too much away, but I wanted to give enough analysis here. Clemson-Notre Dame is really interesting because of the TCU Clemson debate with Alabama in there, right, with the college football playoff, Michigan in that conversation. I'm not that high on Clemson, but again, they're a little bit like the ACC's TCU, except a bigger brand. They yeah, I would lo- I would love to see Clemson just knocked off and just, just kind of get them out of there. Because I, I don't believe that they are at the level of the Georgias and the Alabamas and the uh, Tennessees at this point. Now, they keep, they keep proving me wrong. I mean, I thought they'd have a loss by now. After they started the season, maybe they are getting better. But I, I'm I'm not buying it yet, and I think I don't think the public is either. That's why the line is, I think, within a field goal at Notre Dame, and Notre Dame is not a world beater this season. Notre Dame is five and three, but they're getting better. 
they are. They just improving. they just blew out Syracuse in the in the uh, in the dome. So this could be a tricky spot, and I I it would be nice to. I know SEC fans are going to be rooting for Notre Dame because if if Notre Dame can can beat Clemson, clear them out of there, then the path to a three SEC playoff becomes a little bit clearer because it's out it's it's out there this year more than any other. I think there's a, there is a chance that three teams from the SEC get in the playoff. You're going to need. Clemson to lose. Obviously, you're going to need TCU to lose. But then you've got the Big Ten unbeaten, either Ohio State or Michigan probably, with three SEC teams. Because three SEC teams could finish with one loss. Georgia beats Tennessee this week. Georgia wins out. beats uh, And Alabama beats them in the SEC championship game. Then Alabama's in for sure. You think Georgia's in for sure. And Tennessee's sitting there 11-1 and with a win over Alabama. They could be in as well. Let's do our top three. This is the most um, random top three list that either one of us have had all year. I'll go first. The green wave. My green wave. Mm. Love me some Tulane at Tulsa. Tulane is a sneaky uh, New Year's Six type of team this year. If they can well, win right, out right now, I, I think uh, I I don't know the playoff rankings off the top of my head, but I think Tulane might be they're in it the top team right now for that because the group of five gets an automatic bid to the highest ranked group of five champion, and Tulane might be that team when all is said and done. Now they've got some tough games down the stretch. They're going to have to beat the uh, some of those teams that are heading to the Big Twelve next year, but that's a great story. The Green Wave with the best logo and jerseys uh, in the country. The best. Absolutely. The um and Willie Fritz is a really good coach. I've been harping on mm-hmm. him for years. That's a guy. I've done a couple should, games of his. He should get more love for these bigger type of jobs. Like I, I can't believe he's still there that nobody is. Yeah, for what he's about. done at Tulane. Man. They're sitting a, there nineteenth in the country. And right now, It'll be the highest ranked team. If they wouldn't have slipped up against Southern Mississippi after that Kansas State game, that just makes me sick. <laughs> what what could have been for for the Green Wave? Okay, uh, Texas at Kansas State. This is kind of a. I don't know if Kansas State really needs to prove anything at this point after beating Oklahoma State forty eight to nothing, but this is a sexy one here because, yeah. uh, you know, Texas is going in there with a better roster. And um, major, major Big 12 championship game implications here. And Kansas State, well, they've already cashed my win total over on the year, so I'm very happy about that. But there's nothing sexy about this team, and they just keep winning football games. So Climbing is sexy. Man, I'd, I'd take him as my football coach any day. Replace Kirk Ferentz? Get him out of there. Get climbing in. Let's go. He's a good coach. Yeah, I mean, I, no doubt about Why wouldn't a Nebraska look at a guy like that? Like, it doesn't always have to be the sexy name. Mm-hmm. Well, they've tried that in the past with Mike Riley. That uh, He certainly wasn't a sexy name and certainly did not work. But he also didn't have the resume of a guy like Chris Kleiman with championships. Yeah. and Hell, I'd, play, I'd take Willie Fritz over Mike Riley at that time. But. Mm-hmm. Anyways, yeah, so I'll keep an eye on that one as well. And then I have Clemson-Notre Dame for the third one, just because, again, I'm just waiting for Clemson to lose. I think it's the same thing as you. Yeah. Uh, I've got an interesting one. Yeah. Whoa! James Madison at Louisville. I hey, Chris, do you say do you say Louisville or Louisville? Louisville. Okay. I think most people in Iowa say Louisville. They do. It's Louisville, though. That's what the but Southerners yes, call it. Yes, it is. And I, I got in trouble for that when I went to ESPN because I said Louisville, and one yeah. of the one of the producers called me into his office and said, "You got to stop calling them Louisville. It's not Louisville. It's Louisville." And he's right. It's Louisville. Uh, Ross J- and I used James- to fight about this. Really? All the time. Well, yeah, yeah. Ross. He, East side of Des Moines. Yeah, he's Mr. Rural. He probably says Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday, Thursday. 
But uh, but but Louisville is hot. They've won a few games in a row in conference. James Madison got off to that great start their first year in, as a an FBS team, and they've kind of come back to earth a little bit. But this is a huge huge moment for for them as a uh, a football program if they can go into Louisville notch it an ACC win. Don't these I love these the game I almost put on mine and I did I held off was Liberty at Arkansas for the same reason. I love it when these small schools No, Christopher, you're you're, you're feeding right into me. That's 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 my next game on the list, buddy boy. Oh, it is on there. <laughs> Yeah. I didn't even see that you were doing that. Perfect. I love it. I guess I didn't. This is why I don't look at your games because I want to be, have a good conversation. Perfect. So, so tell us about Liberty at Arkansas. Well, I just love these games where these smaller schools get these opportunities to go in, you know, with the big boys. And then the, you've got the Hugh Freeze thing. Like, mm-hmm. there's the conversation. I read somebody, one, some national guy wrote a column Can the SEC keep its schools from hiring Hugh Freeze? Mm-hmm. Like you know, he's going. Liberty's be got a around. lot of money, though a lot of money. Yeah, this is a very sexy game. I Liberty love is seven and one, and that's a team. They win this game. That's a team that's going to be ranked next week. That might be in the running for that New Year's Six. And Liberty is joining Conference USA next season. So you're going to have a lot of Liberty games. Might yeah. Liberty UAB man, the voice and of the Blazers. And they've got good fan support. Yep. Uh, and then um, my last one is is the game that w- we've talked about plenty already. Clemson at Notre Dame. See if the Fighting Irish can end Clemson's perfect season. <sighs> I I well, do I do want to go back just real quick to the Iowa Purdue game before yeah. we're done because I think that this game has added significance and added impact on how Iowa fans are ultimately going to feel about this season when it's all said and done because of Charlie Jones and Tyrone Tracy and transferring in the offseason and and what they've put together at Purdue. I think this game, it's almost worth two. It's almost worth two games here. Hmm. If Iowa wins this, they could totally turn this thing around. And I think this is going to be the difference in going to a bowl game or not. Not that that's a huge thing, but I think more importantly, it's going to have an effect on how fans view it because – uh, if, if Iowa can go in and say, hey, we we knocked off Charlie Jones. We knocked off Purdue, who's been, you know, our thorn in the side these last several years. And it's a game that most Iowa fans, I think, thought was going to be a loss. But if they lose this game and if Charlie Jones goes off, this is going to be one of those pins that Iowa fans are going to put in it and go back to at the end of this season and see, and see this is what's wrong with the program. We lose these guys. They go over there. They have an incredible season. They beat us again. So I think this is a real swing game as far as how fans are going to feel in the offseason. We know the special season is done with. This isn't going to be a great year no matter what. But this game in particular, I think, has a real significance to the fan base. Well said. Um, For Iowa State, it is a win-or-go-home type of game, really. I mean, if you lose this one, you may as well start building. Packing up. You may as well start building for the future, playing young guys, doing all that stuff. This is – if they win this one, they could turn it around and get to 6-6, and which would be a bigger deal. they got to win, right? They they have to win the game, and they should win the game. They should win the game. Yeah, West Virginia at home. Come on. Let's stop screwing around here. Stop it. Win the goddamn game. Win the game. Keep your bowl hopes alive, and then see what the rest of the season brings. I want maybe to... just getting that win, that just get over the damn hump. Maybe that is all this team needs. I want to do two guys named Chris live from the New Mexico Bowl. Okay, what? <laughs> I've been wanting this my whole life. Have you been to Albuquerque? No. No, I, I really just great. get Not back great. to Memphis. It'd be a good experience. Everybody can head south for a few days. I love Memphis. Are we getting played off here? Is, yep. is Van Wink playing he's us off? Kicking us off the air. Had enough. He's had enough. All right, what 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 do you think's gonna happen? Iowa loses, Iowa State wins. Purdue by ten. Same. Iowa State by six. Wow, They're Purdue by ten. Okay. 
Yeah, no, I think that they. I mean, it's that's not crazy. The spread was originally seven before this weather. I I know, but you were all hot and bothered about the spread at four and a half. And you're the one that told me don't worry about the weather. So I'm just saying, most of the time when you worry about the weather and you think it's going to have this big impact on a game, whether in a good way or a bad way for your team, most of the time the weather doesn't play as big of a factor as we think it does. I'm saying not all the time, but most of the time. All right, then I'll ignore it and I'll pick Purdue like I normally would have then. What about you? I'm with you. I think Purdue wins this game by, I'm going to say seven. Purdue wins by seven, and Iowa State blows out West Virginia. Okay. I hope you're right. God bless you. Well, I hope I'm not, because I hope Iowa wins. Well, I hope you're right on <laughs> Iowa State. You know yeah. what I mean? Yes. I feel like uh, we're in desperation mode up there in Ames right now. Oh, yeah. You, it, it, like you said, if Iowa State doesn't win this game, fold it up. Don't even hey, play the rest of the games. We'll be back on Monday with basketball starting. Yeah, well. Real games. Thanks to Matt Van Winkle. Good to have you back, buddy. If we have to, if we have to, we have to, right? Two guys named Chris. We'll be back Monday morning. All right. See you then. Iowa everywhere.